Welcome to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell, where each week you hear from safety industry experts and leaders discussing safety culture, team development, and the future of the safety industry. If you are looking for help with your safety program or have questions, head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Okay, welcome back to the Safety Pro Roundtable Podcast. I'm so excited um, two of my favorite humans in the safety industry, because, you know, I have kids, so I can't really say you're my two favorite humans, but you're my two favorite humans in the safety industry, um, Apollonia Rockwell and Drew Hinton. If you want to take a moment to introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and then I've got so many questions for you. Yay! Drew, take it away. <laughs> you no, go first. Ladies first. Ladies first. <laughs> Deal. All right. Well, Apollonia Rockwell, I'm the owner of True Safety Services. We're out of Greeley, Colorado. Um, we've been in business for a little over eight years now, and we, um, gosh, we do a lot of training and a lot of consulting, uh, mainly on the OSHA side of things. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about us. And I'm Drew Hinton. I'm the president and CEO of Aero Safety. Uh, we're out of Glasgow, Kentucky. Um, South Central Kentucky area, and we kind of same boat as Apollonia. We do consulting, training, um, audits, inspections. Kind of travel across the country. So we, you know, Apollonia and I are across the country, but we do a lot of the similar similar task. Well, I want to brag on you both um, because um, I'll start with Apollonia. You have received recently the Forbes 30 Under 30. Um, and that is what a huge honor, what an awesome opportunity. So I want to congratulate you and we are just not worthy of having you on this podcast. No, I am appreciative to be talking to you two gems. No, I'm, I'm hailing to you two gems. Holy smokes. I am, I have a. It's been, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. I'm, I didn't sleep last night. I have a three-month-old. So <laughs> I, that's where I'm at. And a toddler and a two-year-old. So life is life is just that. Any parent can relate to what I just said. I know Drew can because you, um, well, both of you, but yeah. Yes. And know. Drew, I saw recently that you, I know you've been working on your PhD. You have, you know, um, I won't speak, I know it's you, you have been studying cannabis and you're writing what, like a, your dissertation or something right now. And it was published. I mean, how awesome is that? Oh my gosh. I didn't yeah. know that. Tell us more. Yeah. It's, it's, so part of it's publishing three articles in peer reviewed journals. So my first one got published two days ago and then the second, the second and third will be come out in the next issue. So on the final stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we've been talking about this for years. I remember last year, you know, you were really working hard on this. So I'm proud of you. It's been great. to be done. So, so now it's just the uh, defense side. So go in front of a panel and plead my case, more or less. Yes. So, yeah, so proud of you, Drew. This is really, really cool. And uh, so both of you, really, really cool things. So, um, so we're going to talk today about trainer qualifications. I mean, um, there's a lot out there. There's a lot for people to pick from. There's a lot. And, you know, we've talked um, on a previous episode about um, the differences um, and the yeses and the noes between virtual training, um, online training, and in-person training. So um, does it matter in terms of those three things what the trainer qualifications are or is it all across the board? 
So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go off of that. So it kind of really depends on what the, what the outcome of it, what are you, what are you looking to use that training for? Right. So there are certain topics that are, you know, that you're going to need, you know, subject matter topic and very specific on a certain area. Um, whereas others are, you're going to get a, maybe a competent person training, mm-hmm. you know, to be a competent person. And then there are other trainings that you have to be a competent person in order to conduct that. So, um, ultimately it kind of ends in a deciding factor is, you know, what do you want that training to give you is, are you just checking the box for an OSHA compliance or DOT or whatever it is, or are you looking to get something specific? You may need to narrow it down. And I'm sure Apollonia can probably provide some more input on that too. No, that's exactly, I think you, you worded it perfectly is what is the end result that you're hoping for? Right. And it, we talked about this a little bit on the, our last podcast, all, all of us three together was it is scary. Like I see it now from the student standpoint or for just people that aren't really familiar in the safety world, it is scary going out and, and looking for online training because you're not sure like who's qualified to teach what and it's scary in this in the sense that we just had a client um call us up the other week and they said hey are you guys legit can you can you guys really teach safeland online because we've been sending people through this through this guy who's offering Safeland training online and he's not a, like, we never got our cards. Like we never, he's not a certified instructor. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is kind of what we were talking about is um, I, I guess I was naive and thinking people, people aren't scanning online. People aren't pretending to be instructors and they're really not. And it's like, yes, they actually are dang it. So I would definitely advise and Drew, I'm sure you've seen it too. Clients that have come to you that you know maybe they've tested some online training and maybe they didn't have the best experience, or they're just trying to figure out what training am I allowed to take online. I'm right. sure you get a lot of those questions. Yeah, I think the big word that you said is tested because a lot of these things, a lot of the online trainings, like that, you're kind of the cookie cutter ones, not that where that you go online to find out. You don't really get an agenda, so you really pay for it, not knowing, you know, as far as the details, what you're going to get out of it until after the fact. And hey, we just waited, we just wasted 30 hours or 40 hours, whatever it is, doing an online class, and we didn't really learn anything or didn't give us what we wanted. Or like you said, Avalonia, the trainer was not legit. You know, thankfully OSHA has you know a website where you can like, as far as like the OSHA outreach trainers, you can check that stuff, but not every not every other topic has that. So what can somebody do, I guess, in, in, um, as they're looking for someone? Like, so if I'm looking, how do I know that somebody's legit or not? Is there some kind of certification that they can give me? Are you saying that I should ask for an agenda ahead of time? Like, what are... I like the road that you were going down there, Drew, of um, maybe we could give the listeners some advice as far as, like, OSHA 10 and 30. Like, if you're looking for an OSHA outreach instructor... Um, do you know the landing page exactly? I, I, this is how I always have always searched is you go on OSHA's website and you type in outreach instructors or you can, you can find them that way. And then as far as the online, who's authorized to train OSHA 10 and 30 online, it has, it has that list of people. And so there's a lot of resellers of content. So you just ask that reseller, Hey, who is your OSHA 10 and 30 class from like who's the who's the creator of this class and then you tell them and if their name isn't on that approved list then don't take training from them because it's not approved you won't get an osha card 
So okay, and that's yeah, important. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I have That's what you and I were talking about because I was trying to find some some of our customers to say, well, you know, we don't really want to have the time to spend, you know, two straight days or whatever it is for an OSHA 10 or four for an OSHA 30 in class as they're an online, you know, person. And I was kind of talking with Apollonia about who they were affiliated with. So, yeah. um, like you said, like she said, you can go online and find out. But that's just for the outreach training. You know, that's that's specific to OSHA 10 and OSHA 30, so it doesn't cover other other topics. Mm-hmm. Now, like. You know what? What some customers request of me, if it's a very specific topic, if they'll want to, you know, especially if they're getting a lot of bids from, they're kind of opening it up to multiple consultants or trainers. They'll want us to send qualifications. So if it's me yeah. tra- doing the training, you know, here's, you know, here's my CSP. Here's, you know, if it's hazmat, here's my background in hazmat. Here's my training that I've done personally, taken, you know, going out to Pueblo, Colorado, and taking the um, classes out at Certsy, things like that. Um, but also, I'll send them agenda to show them what is covered because that's that's one thing that I, you know, from a trainer standpoint, if something does come back on me and they want to say, well, you didn't cover this, yeah, this is what this is what our agenda that we cover. But it also gives them a sense of of knowing what they're paying for beforehand, rather than like I said, getting into it and wasting. You know, maybe it's two hours you waste, you're still wasting it, but maybe it's forty hour a forty hour Haswell class. That's an entire week that you just threw down a drain, thousands of dollars, and you didn't get what you wanted out of it. I think that's great advice is ask for the agenda, no matter what online training that you're looking for, ask for the agenda, see what the outcome is, see if you're getting like, what are the deliverables? What kind of card are you getting? And then also just always, always, always verifying that your OSHA 10 and 30 online is from an authorized provider. Cause I feel like that's a, a big one that people like, they just don't know to ask those questions. So I think that's really important. Before you waste your time and money. Yeah. I took my OSHA 30 um, last year, maybe 18 months ago online. Mm-hmm. Took me about 65 hours to get that thing. Yep. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. I thought it was 30. And like, what is, I'm like, um, like weeks. And I'm like, I, what is wrong with me? Like, what is like, did I get a good, did I get a degree? Am I getting, am I associates? (laughs) Yes. And I felt so like, I had so much shame about it. I was like, can any, I mean, I was like, why is it? And then my coworker the other day, um, she just got her OSHA 30 and she was like, Oh my God, it, I'm not even going to tell you how long it took me. And I was like, thank God I'm not the only one that this is happening to. <laughs> you know, but those are considerations. I mean, you know, I've, I've even sent some employees that, you know, prior to doing consulting, sent some employees through that. And, you know, from a company standpoint, you're going to pay them for those extra hours. You know, it's an OSHA 30, but you may have to pay them for 40 hours, whatever it takes, right? It took and so forever. Those are things that, yeah. But even the in-person classes still don't, I mean, it's just 30 contact hours. So it, it's going to go 40 hours usually you know if you do four 10 hour days or whatever it is you know not including all your breaks it's still going to be over 30 hours That's but yeah true. it does it does make it <laughs> feel like forever if you're doing it <laughs> but you know what kind of going off of our last show if you guys didn't listen to that go back and listen but um Maybe that's something to consider. That's actually a great point. When you're maybe figuring out for yourself or for your employees, should I do online or in person? That's actually a really good piece of advice is, yes, you could absolutely 
take an online class, there's benefits. You get to pause and stop and go and around your schedule. But maybe consider that, that for the, the average person, you know, it is going to maybe take around 50 plus hours because it's not... You know, it's new information. It's brand new Mm -hmm. for somebody that's not in the field. And so um, maybe that's something to consider. If you take it online, it might might take a lot longer. And if you're and then you're paying your employees for that time, too. So, oh, yeah. Our director of um, IT took it because, you know, it's really important for SOSFIS that everyone gets this, which I think is really great. Right. That is cool. Um, It took him months. (laughs) Like he was like. Because, you know, for his standpoint, he would go for like a couple of hours and then, you know, ha- move on to his, you know, to whatever coding that he was doing months, months. We all were like, are you going to finish this? I get it. Like it's it's form language, like all these acronyms and these concepts. It oh, is yes. not. That's the IT guy. Like he doesn't know off the bat what these things all mean. So it's going to take some time. But you know, so yeah, if you if you're considering online or in person for your team, maybe evaluate. All right, how many how many safety classes has this team like have my employees had? And if it's something maybe newer, if this is their everyone's first round of OSHA ten or thirty, maybe it is best to just throw everyone in person so we could ask questions with an instructor and then get it done quicker um but drew's right i mean it is just 30 contact hours but between the conversation it could still be longer but um you know versus months like the way we talk god it could take a week it could take a week longer i mean i guess i can just talk and talk and talk um so it I would think that as somebody purchasing training, I know we're talking about qualifications, but I think that there's another conversation around like asking them how the information is delivered. Okay. So yes, you are qualified. You have everything that you need. How is this information delivered? Um, I think that's important. Are you just, because some is probably more engaging than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are there are naturally dry topics. I'll be the first to admit that. I agree. You know, I, I love hazmat, but especially when I get into DOT hazmat, and if it's a for, you know, or a fresher for just shipping departments, and they're more or less just going through filling, learning how to fill out shipping papers, that's a pretty dry topic, <laughs> and it's it's something I enjoy. And they're like, oh my gosh, um, but like with with my agenda, I mean, it, I'll tell them it fluctuates and. and you know, I keep my training dynamic. You know, if we get going in a good flow on something, we'll spend more time on that and then catch up on the whatever the other topics are later. But I'll kind of try to break it down, you know, seven to nine, we're going to do classroom on this. Nine to 11, we're going to do practicals and I'm going to show them how to do this. And then afternoon, we're going to do all hands on or whatever it may be to give them a general idea. Um, and then, you know, that kind of that kind of helps them plan it out. You know, if, we, if they need to get resources, especially if you're doing like a forklift or an area lift training, Hey, we need to go, you know, we're going to be tied up this morning during the, doing a job, but it'll be free this afternoon for you to use during training. And so we can help, you know, cater that. Do you have anything else, Apollonia? Yeah. I mean, we are doing like primarily we're using zoom, right? If we're going to do a virtual live class, we'll, we'll jump on zoom, but I mean, almost Almost any topic, we're going to have to meet, I mean, not every topic, but for the most part, like a scenario, an, an, an activity, 
it gets needed, like the job specific stuff. And so here's another thing too, is even if your class is online, you know, maybe find, and if, if it's a live class, see if your, if your instructor won't chat with you before the class. This is just something that we've always done. If it's like a new client and we're teaching something that is live virtual, we'll always get with that client to see what the scope of work is. How many employees does that company have? We'll just kind of get some information about the company. And that's always been standard practice for us. I know it's standard practice for Drew's company, but maybe it's not standard practice for all training providers. But if I was the recipient, I would want my instructor to know something about my company before we just waste a whole bunch of time talking about, you know, X, Y, Z that just doesn't apply to you uh, you guys so that'd be something is just always making it as specific as possible right so you're saying that you know there needs to be some sort of discovery process kind of like who am I talking to and like you know yeah that's really good are they is, is the person that you're contacting to train are they asking me the right questions are they getting to know my company so that way they can tailor this information that's so important you're right yeah and like Drew said too I mean but that does not it doesn't mean that you're still not going to have to go through all the required topics in a Haswhopper class or all the required topics in an OSHA 10 or 30 class. But if Drew knows um, something about the company, if he knows their scope of work, I mean, that cost is going to be a night and day difference if, if there is, like you said, a discovery process. So definitely when you're investing in training and you're listening to this, I mean, yeah, try to try to meet with your instructor first and see if you can get on the same page before the class. This is really may, great. Go ahead. I say that may give also an instructor, you know, outside of us, like if, if a company's evaluated an instructor and they're talking with them beforehand, that may give them a chance to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not qualified to do this. This looks like it's outside my scope or, you know, I, I thought I could do it. I can't, but I'll, you know, I'll refer you to somewhere, somebody else. And so, you know, if you give them a specific specifics, you know, rather than just saying, Hey, we need a Haslover class or a forklift class or a blood pathogen class. And then you get into it and like, you know, I can teach a blood pathogen class, but if I'm going to teach it to a, you know, a research lab that deals with viruses and all kinds of stuff, you know, that may be outside of somebody else's scope and send it to another, another more qualified trainer. So like I said, it's kind of a, you know, both goes both ways. We're evaluating them and they're more or less evaluating themselves to see if they can actually do it or not. Oh, I don't know is... if they'll actually admit to it or not, but <laughs> that's beside the point. No, that is such great advice. I would be like, if we were to give advice, Drew, to somebody who's listening, a safety professional for a company who's, um, you know, outsourcing their, their classes, this is word of advice. If you are contacting a training provider and they're telling you yes for everything underneath the sun, like just that could be okay because they maybe do have instructors that are qualified in every single topic. That could be the case, but you're right. Like a, a great instructor will will be vetting the client and saying, you know, maybe we can't. I mean, how many trainings have you, has your team turned down, Drew? How many trainings have we turned down? Because it, you know, maybe exactly like you said, it was a topic that we trained, but the way that they needed it, it was out of our scope. Well, let's refer you to another professional. But I mean, your instructor should turn down training if needed. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's just important. like relational red flags. If somebody's always saying yes to you, that ain't good. 
That's a red flag. Yeah, that's a red, red flag. flag. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. Well, Jim Carrey, yes, man. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think on so it, this is really good. This is just about communication, and maybe the person that's look that's seeking out training gets really, really clear about what they want. It's like, what do you want? And then ask for that. And and then the person on the other end needs to be honest that, that that's within their scope or if they can provide that. Some people may want really hands-on. Some people may not care they, or they have specific um, ideas of um, what they want. But I think it's good for everybody to get really clear about what they want and what they expect and what yeah. they can provide. Yeah, because if you're a safety professional for a company, you're outsourcing your training, I mean, you'll want you'll – want for the benefit of your employees too, they don't want to go through a class that, and they're, and then they, they took the class and then they're telling you as a safety director, like, Hey, that class sucked. Instructor knew <laughs> nothing about our company. They talked about completely left field topics that don't apply to us. So, you know, just want to let you know that was a complete waste of time and money. So like, yeah. Or even worse they they tell you that they were correcting the instructor most of the time. <laughs> I've had that. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I shared this on my, on the last podcast, but I'm sure all of us have our, our horror stories. But when I was a safety director for an oil and gas construction company here in Colorado, um, I, I was just like new to the company and the person before me had always used this training provider for Spanish safe land. So I just kept in the same routine, like didn't change it until one of the guys, he was more bilingual. And I said, Hey, like, how are how's the the Spanish safe land? Like, I'm just curious, how is that? And he was like, they, like the instructor doesn't speak Spanish. And I was like, like, what do you mean that the Spanish, you just took a Spanish thing, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, like she just speaks English and she just like reads off the, the Spanish PowerPoint. And my <laughs> oh God. Jaw hit the ground. And I was like, this is like, this is robbery. Is that a word? Like this is, we have been robbed. <laughs> Something has happened. I said, you, no, no. Like this instructor is not taking people's money doing of, like it was just it made my stomach just go into knots it was so sad because I was like you know the the guys were robbed of, of who took the class and you know it was a big deal but and 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 going to off of what you said Drew is I've had that too where I'm, employees are like yeah the instructor didn't know anything about anything so I had to we had to tell him how to teach us so have you had that with clients that went to other training providers and then finally found you? Yeah, well, I had a customer um, in Louisville that was, they were part of a, a OSHA investigation. They were, had a fatality three, I guess four, almost four years ago now. And so they were dealing with part of that litigation and was getting arc flash training. And so we were tied up. So they went and got another, another training provider. And then they were talking to us about it and they were saying, asking us questions. Hey, is this what it really is? Do you have to have a buddy system, this, this, and this? And I was like, some of those things are best practices, but nowhere in OSHA or in FPA 70 for that matter, the questions they were asking, I said, they're not, they're not true. And he was saying that they were, but he, that's what he was saying was our employees were telling them, no, this, this is not how it happens. This is not how it is. And so you don't want to find, you know, find that out afterwards, like you said, um, after the fact, but you, you know, we talked about OSHA 10 and 30 earlier, and especially when you get into the time constraints, because that's one thing that adds to it. I don't, I don't deal with it. But I don't know if you've dealt with it at Avalonia. It's like the bilingual classes, because if you throw like an OSHA 10 and you're going to it and you're using a translator now, it turns into an OSHA 20. 
but they specific specifically say that that person translating has to be familiar with like safety terminology jargon it can't just be anybody that speaks spanish it has to be somebody specific that knows kind of the terminology the lingo that's kind of you know the jargon that we use in the safety industry and so i mean that like i said that adds to that now osha 10 is now a minimum of osha 20. that's going to throw a big factor into it as well no that's a good point i am i don't I'm not a big fan of the translator deal. I know that in, in pinches, companies are really, like they can't, they, they genuinely can't find a, a Spanish speaking Hazwopper trainer, a Spanish speaking first aid instructor. Like I get that there's been those scenarios where it's just impossible to find somebody. But, but if you're a safety professional listening, like absolutely know that. Know that that OSHA 10 now is an OSHA 20. I mean, the best thing you could do though is to find a bilingual instructor who's certified. You can have conversations about the topic, you know, offhand. And I think that that's, oh, yeah, that's such a that's such a big deal. I, I agree with you. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess wrapping up this conversation, what kind of, I know we talked a lot about tips and then, so I will put a link to that, um, that the part on the website for the OSHA website that you said that people can actually go to. And is it the, the person's name that they were looking for or the company? The, the name. It's because it's, it follows you wherever you go. Okay. So each individual gets a certification to be a trainer and then, it, okay, that makes sense. We can help you find that link and then the link to see who's a on, who's an actual online authorized provider to provide an OSHA 10 and 30. Uh-oh. Thanks for those up. Online provider, thanks for what you're getting at, yeah. I mean, at least she's making a cute face. <laughs> there she there goes. you go. You're frozen. <laughs> You're frozen. <laughs> You're frozen. <laughs> I was like, please let this not be happening again. Yeah, you are like this. <laughs> that could be the... You're that shocking. Could be the, <laughs> that can be the, the thumbnail for this class. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like, don't let red flags... <laughs> Happen. <laughs> <laughs> Red flags of instructors. Yes. <laughs> oh okay, so we'll post those links, and then um, I think this has been really helpful. I mean, what great ideas! I mean, there's so much to think about, but at the end of it, just asking a lot of questions and getting really clear about what you want and the expectations, and just asking a lot of questions. And if you're not getting the answers that you're looking for, then maybe that's not the place for you. <laughs> Red flag. I want to wrap up saying saying uh, one thing going off of what Drew said. I know we were talking about um, a previous client that had maybe gone through an OSHA site, uh, an OSHA investigation because of a fatality. And guys, the reason why we're having this conversation is first and foremost, we want we want employees that are going through training to get the tools that can help save their lives. Okay, that's like first and foremost. But the second reason why we're talking about this is exactly what Drew said. Like, it sure, companies can skate by and take, you know, um, cookie cutter online training, have a cookie cutter instructor that just comes in and covers the basics. You could get by like that. But 
the big picture here is, gosh forbid, like knock on wood, your company does go through an OSHA investigation, your company is cited, and you're having to provide um, documentation of your training. This is why it's important, too, to go through an authorized provider, somebody who has trained the trainer qualifications, or someone who's competent, because you will. I have gone through, I've assisted companies that have gone through this before, where OSHA is tearing apart all of your training records. They're looking at your agenda, like Drew mentioned. They're looking at the topics covered. They're looking at the rosters, the scenarios. They're looking at everything about that training. And so if you're an instructor listening and you're thinking, oh, should I just train even though I'm not certified? Like, should I just go ahead and, and do this class? Like, think about that. Is that, um, gosh forbid, there, there be an investigation and mm-hmm. your name is on there. Or you're the safety professional who sent your employees through a trainer who, you know, wasn't certified. So, I mean, that's is that like real. Awful. I mean, is that really happening? It's really, ha- I didn't think so either. I mean, like years ago, like first getting in the oil and gas industry, people, I'd always heard you could buy a safe land card for like $200. But now PEC, you have to, you can put in like your first and last name and last four of your social to verify if you received the training through an authorized provider like like we are. And so many people came to us in the beginning, maybe like five years ago, and they were like, Apollonia, we sent 50 employees, 100 employees through with this guy. And turns out once the database com- came out to see if you're certified or not, like nobody got their certification. So I'm sure Drew's seen it too. People that have come to him and they thought that they went through legit training and it, it wasn't. Yeah, or or even worse, like it's probably about a year or so ago on Instagram, somebody forwarded me a, an Instagram page that you could purchase ASP and CSP certifications. Like you could, which is kind of, you know, depending on your industry, it's one of the, you know, obviously one of the top safety certifications to get from a safety professional. You can go on there and legit buy you know, forged, you know, fake ASP and CSP certifications for these companies. So, you know, myself and another person turned them in or reported to Instagram as, you know, fraud, all that stuff. But I mean, it's out there. I don't, I don't know if anybody ever actually bought it or not, but still the fact that that could be floating around. That's crazy. I mean, you just like to think that none of this is happening. No one's really making fake OSHA 10 cards, right? No one's really getting their fake CSP card or certification, right? And it's like, you know, unfortunately, you do have to verify what you're receiving. So it sucks you have to do that, but it's better safe than sorry. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. It is always such a pleasure to have (laughs) Both of you on here, Apollonia Rockwell, the Forbes 30 Under 30, and the amazing Drew Hinton, um, PhD. Is it called PhD candidate? Is that what they call? Is that what they call you? Yeah, I'm not going to call you Dr. Drew, but I'm a candidate now. So candidates, once you're done with the classes and all you have left is to defend it. So now it is. <laughs> Hopefully for about another month. Okay. You guys are amazing. So happy to have you on here. Such a wealth of knowledge. And um, I guess we're going to have to do this again. I mean, this is like the highlight of, uh, you know, my week. We know we made you laugh. Like, I don't know if it was my face that froze or if it was one of Drew's jokes. Like, I don't know, but I know we made you laugh at some point. So (laughs) listen, so follow us. Absolutely. (laughs) 
All right, guys. Thank you. See you again. Awesome. No, I Thank you. Thank you for listening to the True Safety Podcast with Apollonia Rockwell. If you are looking to save time and money with your safety program this year, we'd love to hear from you. Head to truesafetyservices.com slash podcast to schedule a free call with our team where we will help you identify the biggest opportunities for growth in your company and safety program, and we'll connect you with the right resources to help you grow. Again, that is truesafetyservices.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you know anyone who needs to hear this episode today, click the share button and send them this episode. 